It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. We also have a special guest today. But before I get to that, I want to mention a couple things. One is I'm really pleased and proud to report that last week was uh, the most popular week in Marriage Therapy Radio's history, at least according to downloads. So thank you. I think it probably has to do with folks that found us through uh, the Vanity Fair YouTube videos that we did earlier this month. So if you're new to Marriage Therapy Radio and you're just coming over from YouTube or from Vanity Fair, welcome. Uh, I hope you'll poke around and hear a little bit more about what we have to offer. And, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, roll over to YouTube and check out Vanity Fair's channel. You can just uh, type in my name or Laura's name, and you'll see where we got to analyze some uh, movie clips through the lens of a therapist's uh, mindset. And it sounds like we have a couple more that we're going to get to do here pretty soon, so stay tuned. So today we have a special guest. His name is Jonathan Asley. He is an expert in helping f- uh, people become good partners. Uh, he has an emphasis on self-care or self-love and a lot of really interesting things to say. I listened to most of the conversation because Laura and Jonathan were having a great time, um, which is good because I guess my microphone was not working because <laughs> I haven't solved the quarantine uh microphone issue thing that I seem to have. But um, as always, it's a cool conversation. Stick around. I took a shower for you today. I also took a shower and it was not for you. It was for Jonathan. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. No, um, I'm wall to wall today. I'm excited about it. It's my first day back in my office in like 10 days and I am just going to are you seeing clients? You're not seeing clients like physically in your office? I have one client that still comes in to my office. Um, She's a nurse. And she, um, she has promised that if she ever feels like she would put me or anyone else at risk, she will stop coming into the office. She and her husband, um, do they wear masks while you're seeing them? They don't, don't. no, we don't. Okay. But, uh, but I trust her, like I trust her process, right? Like she's in the middle of it and she understands exactly what her risk level is. And we don't, but, but being in here is really comforting to them. I mean, they spend, they've got five kids and she spends a lot of time, um, in kind of this medical environment that is cold and dark and they just want to come sit on my couch and we don't even really talk about all that much to be honest so <laughs> they just come and sit they, they drink do. a cup of tea yeah uh, they look yeah, out they the window it. they hold each other's hands and then you say thank you so much yeah. uh minutes is up yeah i get to see them this afternoon but i also have a bunch of other just projects that i'm on right now but that's neither here nor there well hold on that mean to me that sounds like you are like really like you're, you're doing well. Like it's been kind of a slog and. Well, I I think I said this last time, but, um, I, um, I get stuck when I get about 80% done with something. Uh So, because then my anxiety, my OCD kicks in and I just, I I get frozen. And, um, last weekend I put, um, doors on my shed. Did I show you my shed that I built? No, you'll have to send me a picture. I will. I will. But I was like 80% done for like two weeks. And then I just, I couldn't get the doors on there. So I put the doors on and then I took a meeting with, um, uh, my coach, I've got a coach right now. And yeah. she was like, she kind of kicked me in the butt and said, you need to do this, this, and this by the end of the week. And I was like, you got it. So, Good for you. This is a professional coach. Someone that's kind of guiding you f- toward completion of projects. Success coach. Yeah. 
a success coach. Yeah. Right on. Oh, good for you. Um, kind of like this guy we're talking to, Jonathan. I mean, Jonathan is interesting. He's a midlife relationship coach. There's a lot of, which is a different demographic because what he had mentioned is about 75% of the people that are sort of his age have previously been married. They're divorced. And that's a whole nother sort of bag of tricks is how to yeah, 75% of people who are dating. Dating. Uh, his age. Yeah. Yes. At, at uh, Jonathan's age. And, and I think he, I, if I was doing the math correctly, might be maybe like 55 or whatever, but he calls it midlife. That sounds good. Sounds like the prime to me. Prime he years. identifies as a boomer. A Mary, boomer. Mary yeah. learned, um, okay, boomer. Do you know this phrase? No. So my husband like says it. And now, so my son says it, but I don't know what it comes from. It basically means, okay, old person, like whatever you say, old person. All you right. Know. Old person. Um, okay. They, boomer. Yeah. So oh. she thinks I'm a boomer. She's like, okay, boomer. And I'm like, Mary, I'm not a boomer. Like you got, if you're going to use boomer. it, use it correctly. Yeah. You are to her. Well, here's what I want to do. I'm going to give you the bio of, um, of Jonathan. So our listeners know what's coming up and then let's bring them on. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here we are. So the, the focus of, uh, one of America's leading midlife dating coaches has expanded into a deeper essential philosophy of what it truly means to love. So after losing his 19 year old son, Connor in 2018, Jonathan Aisley's grief led him on a soul searching inner journey where he became aware of often overlooked dimensions of the dating conversation. He realized that the process of dating reveals the most common emotional health issue faced by many singles seeking a partner. Partner, a distressing lack of self-worth, self-regard, and self-love. So today he is on a mission of encouraging both men and women to fully love themselves with his new book, What the Heck is Self-Love Anyway? It's packed with fun, engaging spiritual and personal growth practices, his dynamic midlife love mastery mentorship program that inspires hundreds of people daily around the world, and his podcast, what would love do? So anyway, let's bring Jonathan on and let's hear what his expertise has to say. He named his book after you. I know he did. And he didn't even realize it. He doesn't even know how amazing that is. Right, here we go. So good morning. <laughs> I'm sorry that I was, I was late today. And it's because, it's because I barely can remember what day it is, much less where my microphone is and my glasses are. So I apologize. But um, thanks, for, thanks for showing up with us today. Jonathan Asley is with us this morning. Yeah. So, which is pretty fun because Jonathan, I don't know if you know this, but we don't have guests on the show very often. This is a new thing for us. Oh. Usually it's just Zach and myself. And I was explaining to Jonathan that um, sort of the dynamic is that it's almost like you and I sort of meeting up over, over beers and just chit-chatting about what we're seeing, what's important when it comes to love and intimacy and conflict and all the things we're seeing in our practice. So Jonathan gets to join us in our um, virtual bar here. So pull right. a stool up, Jonathan. The fly on the wall. It's yeah. 9 o'clock in the morning, though. Maybe we should wait until we start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Who said we haven't started drinking? I know. I'm drinking coffee. There may or may not be Baileys in this. I'm homeschooling. Hey, what, Laura, what am I having for breakfast? Um, what are you having for breakfast? A diet Coke. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm used to it living in Salt Lake for a while. So Jonathan, you're in California. Is that right? Yes, I am. Okay. And Zach is in Seattle and I am in Oregon, in okay. Bend, Oregon. So we're kind of all over the place. We've got like the Pacific Northwest, Northwest. Yes, we have covered it. The West Coast. Yes. Yeah. Where are you in California? I'm in Los Angeles, just south of uh, Los Angeles Airport. I live at the the beach. So, oh, boo! Are you allowed <laughs> to go there? No, but I mean, I 
you know, I've, I've cheated once or twice. We've already learned that Jonathan breaks the rules because he was just telling us that he got his hair cut and he, by the way, did not cut his own hair. His hairdresser cut his hair and California still is on lockdown. So Jonathan is a rule breaker. Of course he's been on the beach. (laughs) <laughs> and I will not divulge her name because I don't want her to get in trouble. <laughs> and you don't want her to like be seeing other people too. Yeah. So know, all of a sudden everybody's going to be flocking to this lady's lady's house. That's right. Yeah. By the way, hair. she's not the only one doing it. I mean, a <laughs> lot of actually, and sadly, you know, hairdressers are suffering mightily with what's happening right of now. Of course. Yeah. Along with so many other professions. So, um, so and by the way, I dub, I, I, I doubled what she normally charges me because I felt like I wanted to keep her in business. <laughs> yeah. Well, truth be told, I'm having my, um, I have been, so Zach, I think I'm finding the solution to my anxiety. So Jonathan, okay. we've been talking, Zach's been talking about his mental health. Now it's my turn to talk about my mental health. I have been having anxiety and I've never had anxiety in my life the last two weeks. And I think I've come to a solution. I have not had anybody come in and clean my house for about eight weeks. So I am, I'm paying like you paid your hairdresser double. I'm going to pay my house cleaner an exorbitant amount of money to come in and clean my house. And I feel just fine about it. And I'm pretty sure I've just solved my anxiety problem. Yay. Ah. All right. So let's get down to business because you have a wealth of knowledge that we want to tap into um, and background. One of the reasons why we really wanted to talk to you is that you are coaching women. Is this right? You're coaching women who are dating. And tell me about your demographic because I'm guessing that this is not... For those of you who can't see Jonathan, he's a very handsome man, but you're not a young man. You are sort of in your your prime right now. Is that right? Well, I am a boomer, so I'm going to own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I mostly I, I I started coaching women. Well, do you want to hear the whole backstory? I want to hear the whole thing. Tell okay. us the whole yeah. thing, okay. Jonathan. Well, after going through the after turning forty and going through a divorce about a decade and a half ago, I found myself back out there in the dating realm. And I thought there was this thing called internet dating and roughly internet dating was, was kind of new back then, you know, in 2005. I mean, it'd been around for a little while and I thought it was going to be really simple. You could just punch in exactly what you want and someone would magically appear. I'll never like, forget my like first. A, like, it's like, what's Grubhub. that? It's like Grubhub um, or like, yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. It was like Grubhub. This is way before Grubhub. So, um, I'll never forget. I had a great, I met a great woman. We had a really nice time, but something wasn't right. And then a few days later, I had another date with another nice woman, had a nice time. Something wasn't right. And then a few days later, another one. Well, in one year I had over a hundred internet dates. Yeah. Get it. That's great. And I realized that something wasn't right was me. Now what happened at this time also was I had um, going through a divorce at the same time, I lost my quarter million dollar a year job. Wow. They laid me off. And then the market crash happened. And I got wiped out. I mean, a seven-figure wipeout. I literally went from living in a multi-million dollar home to living in a tiny little shack. Um, By the beach. Well, no. Well, actually, I'll be candid with you. I had to move in with my mom and dad. Yeah. In a retirement community. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Talk about my self-esteem. My emotional well-being was shot to hell. And, um, and my, my addiction was online dating. I was a, 
addicted to talking to women. I was addicted to the process. I was a, I was a serial dater. But I shared with you, when I realized that the something wasn't right was me, I began, you know, the movie The Secret came out at that time. And I'm like, oh, this resonates with me. And I read a book and I read another book, but I'm still addicted to dating. But here's what was interestingly happening. I'm talking to women all across the country. I'm not even dating. Sometimes I'm having like instant message conversations with six women at a time all over the country. Still? Or is this back in the day? This is back then. Back Back at the height of your addiction. Yeah, exactly. And what was interesting was I wasn't even meeting them. I was just, I was just, I was attracted to the feminine energy. I was attracted to listening to them share their stories about divorces and relationships. But what happened next shocked me was some of the women would reach out to me, say, Jonathan, will you look at my dating profile and help me make it better? Mm. Like, can you give me your advice from the guy's perspective? Interesting. You got friend zoned pretty quickly, apparently. Well, but they were all over the country. I wasn't meeting them anyway. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. No, I was, I literally would be on phone from six o'clock at night till sometimes two in the morning. I mean, sometimes multiple women. Wow. And but they're asking my advice and then they would go out, then they change their profile. And then three weeks later, I'd get this phone call. Hey, Jonathan, will you check out the guy's profile of the guy I'm going out on a date with? Cause I made friends with these women. I wasn't even dating them. Yeah. And I realized I had a knack for kind of intuitively reading a guy's profile and getting an assessment of who he was. So I jokingly say, do you know how the FBI have profilers for serial killers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can profile serial daters, serial monogamous, nice guys, bad boys, and the guy looking for you. And literally my coaching business was birthed from him. Wow. Uh, improve their dating profiles and then learning how to understand men. That's great. It's interesting. I have a girlfriend that uh, she coaches men and you coach women. And uh, maybe we should have her on too. So, okay. Through all of this, you had your coaching business grew. You're still coaching women to this day. Absolutely. I mean, this awesome. is this actually shifted because I was out of work at the time, living with mom and dad um, in a retirement community. Yeah. I will say I reached such a low point in my life emotionally mm. that I went to bed wishing I didn't wake up. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I wanted to end it, but it was like the pain of what I was experiencing, the job loss, the divorce and the emotional effects of of trying to unravel the tapestry of an old life. And I had no identity at that time. And for yeah. years I was, again, I was addicted to online dating, but then my, my addiction shifted to coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I'll never forget when I started coaching, I was doing it for Starbucks cards to start, you know, like I mean, for pennies on the, you know, for pennies yeah. an hour kind of thing. And eventually I built, I was shocked. I built a business from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm mean, not to say, I mean, I have a six figure business and I'm only sharing that to say I'm doing, you know, this is my full-time gig. Right. Yeah. So, so, so crack a secret for us. Like, what are you learning? What, what the women who are, um, I don't know, listening and thinking about dating or even thinking about their own partnerships, like what, what are you, what are you learning about these men that, that could be helpful to them? Great question. I love that Zach. So what I've kind of assessed is that Human beings can be very myopic. Now, what I mean is not, they're not selfish, but they're sometimes in their own realm. You know, like when I was actively dating, I was dating from a selfish place, from an egoic place. 
um, because I was mostly concerned about my needs, wants, and desires. And what I've observed within both men and women that they often date from that perspective. Mm-hmm. There's, there's almost, and now because we become such a swipe culture of dating, you know, we've shifted from meeting organically to meeting uh, virtually these days. Sure. That there's been a complete shift, and there's a lack of compassion for the op. I'm, I'm going to say opposite sex, but the person sitting across from you, whether it's uh, sure. you know same sex or uh, you know, yeah. so. Um, that's one of the missing pieces in this for both men and women is compassion for the other person that might be sitting across from you at the bar on a first date. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I want to go back because you had said something. Number one, you said uh, you discovered that in the process of dating 100 women in a year that you yeah. realized there was something wrong with you. Yeah. And I also heard you say, I'm starting to put some dots together. Yeah. You're living with your mom and your dad. You have a loss of identity. And I'm trying to imagine a man entering into the dating scene who has a loss of identity, doesn't quite know who he is, and is also trying to figure out who to partner with. And you go through a hundred women in a year. What is that all about? Well, I went through another 200 women before I actually met someone I genuinely cared hey, about. Oh, good. You kissed there. a lot of frogs. That's great. Yeah. What I've come to realize, and this is now, it's easier to said than done, but what I was lacking this whole time was a sense of self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. Yeah. And in a way, by, by immersing myself in the dating process, it was avoiding, I was avoiding me, mm. was avoiding what was going on inside of me. And yet, little by little, I was rebuilding myself by the, the per, so I, I began a daily personal development, self-help, and spiritual practice. It might be reading a book. It might be watching a video. It might be listening to an audio. But by literally, I was rewiring my brain, if you will, or my, yeah. my I'm going to say my inner being. I don't even want to say it's a brain thing. I think it's an inner being thing. Because I, you know, instead of watching the Kardashians, which I wouldn't watch anyway, <laughs> I, was, I was investing in myself. Yeah, and it would be disappointing to every single one of our leader listeners right now if I didn't say that there's a piece of trivia about me that you should know, which is what the heck that Zach has never heard Kim Kardashian's voice. Is he missing out on anything? No, good I've for never you. Heard Kardashian's voice, nor Brene Brown, until about a week ago when my wife started listening to her in the kitchen. And it just, you know, well, you good cannot, choice there. Good choice, Brene Brown. She rocks like a hundred thousand percent. She does. And you cannot even put Kim Kardashian and Brene Brown in the same sentence. Hey everybody, I hope you're hanging in there. If you're anything like me, you barely know what day it is. I mean, it's crazy out there. And I know that for me, working with my therapist has been a huge help just to feel a little safer, a little saner. And toward that end, I wanted to remind you of our partnership with BetterHelp, that's Better H-E-L-P, which is an online platform designed to connect people with therapists in the area that can help them just talk through whatever's going on. They have done a great job. The more we learn about them, the more impressed I am. And the more we hear from our other listeners they uh, that are enjoying it, I feel really good about pointing you in that direction. And if you use our link, you get a 10% discount. Um, but more importantly, I think it's uh, just a healthy reminder that if you want somebody to talk to, if you just want to feel more connected, this is a great way for you to get better access to better help today. So check them out at our link. It's called Try Better Help. That's betterhelp.com slash mtr and again if you use that link 
you get a 10% discount off your first month. It is a subscription base, which means that you have a sort of constant access rather than, than sort of a weekly appointment kind of thing. But I think, again, anything that helps you stay safe and stay sane has my vote. Okay, uh, back to the show. All right. So um, you, Jonathan, you started to sort of rewire your inner being by having this daily self-help practice. And this is something you and I were talking about because I had led in with by saying, Hey, Jonathan, I love self-help. I love positive psychology. I'm just curious, what are your favorites? What are your go-tos? If you had someone that was listening um, or a friend that said, I want to do that too. I need to lean into myself. I need to rewire my inner being. Where do they start? What's your recommendation? Um, my best friend on the planet. I mean, he, we've been, we've known each other for 35 years. He's, he's Mr. Anti-personal development, self-help, spiritual work the way I am. And I mean, he would consider himself an agnostic. In other words, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing, spirituality, if you will. Yeah. But I said, look, Jeff, I've got a book. I want you to read it. And it's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And I said, okay. do you have to, by the way, this is a man who reads a book a week. I mean, he mostly reads, uh, you know, like John Grisham and Game of Thrones and that kind of stuff. So I said, read this book. He goes, okay, I'll do it. And he came to me after reading this book, which I'm shocked. He bought five copies for five other friends. I mean, he gave it to his son, he, or both his boys. He gave it to his coworker uh, at his company. He said, this book is profound. And mm -hmm. what I appreciate about The Untethered Soul, and by the way, for everyone listening, if you go to buy the book right now, here's my recommendation. Only read one chapter a day. It's 19 chapters, so it'll take you 19 days, because it's it's like... It's very powerful and intense. And each chapter takes about 15 minutes to read, but it's like, it would be too much to read the whole thing in one sitting kind of thing, mm. which is too intense. Can I uh, also mention something about the untethered soul? Yes. Uh, so we may or may not have professionals, other therapists and, and coaches out there, but um, I, if, if memory serves me, so I'm familiar with untethered soul, tried to read it. I take on about six books at the same time. I'm a little ADD. I didn't get through it. Um, not that it wasn't good. It's just, I was probably, probably reading to read too many chapters in a row. Yeah, I probably tried. Exactly. But I believe if you go to sounds true, um, you can actually get CE credits, continuing education for reading the untethered soul. It's that good. It's, it's not just for the lay person, but it's also a book where you can get continuing education as a clinician, which is pretty cool. Yeah. One of the things I learned was, in fact, sometimes I tell clients just to read two pages at a time. I mean, it's wow. that. It's like, it, I'm going to say for everyone listening, it's, it's kind of like reading. It's like, like walking through molasses while you're in a pool of spaghetti and standing in quicksand. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm making, it's like that. However, it through osmosis, it begins to sink in. That's why take it in very small bits. And sometimes you might want to read a chapter over and over again, but I promise you, you get yeah. to chapter four. It's like when you binge watch something, sometimes you might be watching a show and you go, I really don't like this show, but I'm going to read, I'm going to watch the next episode and next episode. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're binging five seasons of something that you didn't like on the first episode. That's what untethered soul is like. Once you get to chapter four or five, you're going to go, Oh my gosh. This yeah. Rock. At least wow. that's my, hey, for again, for my agnostic friend who did that, for him to do that, that gives me enough, you know, indication that it's going to work for everyone else too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So you're talking about doing rewiring. So what did you, as you were started to rewire yourself, pick yourself up, build up your self-worth, your self-love, then what happened for you? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, so this has been a practice I've started for, as I said, you know, going on close to 15 years. I mean, I, I would say that I've had, I've had some other work. I've done the Hoffman process, which yeah. is an intensive inner child workshop to heal childhood wounds and, and traumas. I've done insight, which helps with, with adult um, traumas. And what I mean by trauma is like my divorce was a trauma in and of itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, shifting from being in a home with my children to not, there's all these emotional effects. And so diving deep into myself, what I recognized was, was really something that I now called self-love. Mm-hmm. In fact, I kept, I kept blogging about self-love. I kept blogging about it from a dating perspective because I recognized dating triggers the number one emotional health issue. Yeah. And that is, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. Nothing triggers that like dating or being in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm you know, being... Enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not likable. I'm not likable. Right. Yeah. Um, Writing that down. That'll be a future blog post. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's not, I mean, and by the way, I believe most everybody at some core, at some core level has this wound. So self-love is the antidote, but self-love is a turnoff for a lot of people. They think it's woo-woo. So, and sometimes they confuse it with self-care, like, mm. like getting a manicure or pedicure or a massage or that sort of thing. That's just, physical self-care, which mm-hmm. is a component of self-love, but I'm talking about emotional self-care. And I came to this realization that, and I'll, I'll share with your audience, um, in July of 2018, I lost my 19-year-old son to an accident. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's a parent knows that, that you know, your greatest fear, your worst nightmare is something happening to your child. And I always thought I woke from the day both my boys were born, I was always worried something would happen to them. You know, would they get, you know, would they drown in the pool? Could they get kidnapped? Uh, you know, uh, could they turn out to be, you know, go to jail? I mean, I had every fear on the planet. Yeah. And I, I realized it all in one day, that fear. Mm. But I handled it with a fair amount of grace and dignity. Mm. And as I reflected upon it, I'll never forget, I was at his funeral doing the eulogy Mm -hmm. and I'm sharing with everyone. I'm in tears and I stopped in the middle of it and I said, I'm going to grieve with love. I've decided right this moment, I'm going to grieve with love. And what that meant was I know he wouldn't want me to suffer. Mm. In fact, none of those who have left us wants us to suffer. So grieving with love meant I wanted to lean into what does love mean? What does love really mean? I just kept the word love just kept coming over and over again. And two months to the day after he passed, I began writing my second book called what the heck is self love anyway. Wow. I published it nine months to the date after he passed. 
And then I began a podcast called What Would Love Do? Huh. Um, and the, the idea is to immerse ourselves with love. And what I recognized in this, this is what I want to really point out to your audience. My book takes you on a journey of, of looking at personal development, self-help, and a spiritual practice as a vaccination to emotional chaos. Hmm. Right now, we're in time of vaccinations. Yeah, and I was like, you said the word vaccination. I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> but a vaccination. You have one of those? <laughs> yeah. To emotional chaos. Because yeah. why did I handle his loss? And by the way, when I went through my divorce and lost my job and my money and living with my parents, I was so depressed I didn't want to live. Yeah. It's because of all the work I did, which prepared me for that loss of him. Wow. That just gave me chills because I do feel like we just, we don't know what the future holds and we never know why we're going through something um, in life and what sometimes for me, just being able to think, okay, like this, I don't know what the result of this chaos is at this moment or why I'm going through this grieving process or why I'm feeling so broken to build myself back up. And then at some point I might need to be that stronger human being to be able to take on the next thing. Bigger and yes. stronger. Wow. Life prepares us for everything if we begin to pay attention to it is the way I, I began looking at this whole experience. And, yeah. you know, him leaving, it wasn't that anything happened to me. It happened to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet I and that's why I chose to take it and look at it from more of a spiritual perspective than uh, something happened to me. Right. Yeah. Do so you think like, that what you learned, um, is there a different message that you may have for men or for women? Like, um, let's say like most of your clients are women, uh, but yet you're most of what your knowledge is about men. I'm just wondering, like, how do you, how do you just differentiate what you know, um, and, and, and present it in ways that make people understand it better? I did. I'm so glad you asked. So I recently shot a video for my YouTube channel. I go, uh, I, what, I wished men knew. In other words, <laughs> um, that, I wish I knew. <laughs> yeah. From a dating and dating perspective. And what I meant by that was, um, I think what happened, like what I shared before, when I was dating after my divorce, I was dating very myopically, very selfishly. In other words, my needs, wants, and desires. Yeah. And because of that, you know, I could have been labeled a player or a serial dater or a narcissist or that sort of thing. When, when I mean, I was nowhere near a clinical narcissist, but I certainly was a clinical myopic person. Mm. I only cared about myself, but not because I don't care about others. And I think both men and women oftentimes are more, so more focused on their own needs, wants, and desires. And they're not recognizing. They're not recognizing that, in, at least in the dating realm, there's another human being here. And to be a bit compassionate for that other human being um, requires a bit of awareness. In other words, to take those myopic blinders off to be able to see. And I don't know if I've answered your question, Zach, but I'm, I'm just kind of leaning into what I've observed anyway. Yeah. I think what you're saying is that what men need to know is how to cultivate empathy. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you. I mean, yeah. just recognize that, that there's somebody else that, that, that's part of the equation. And why don't men know this? I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, 
I once uh, went to a bookstore with my son. This was right after my divorce, looking to buy Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. And I'm looking at the bookshelves and there's row after row after row after row after row after row of books for women to understand men. I mean, women are fascinated with trying to figure out what men are doing. Uh (laughs) Why are men commitment phobic? Why do men ghost? Why do men do this? Apparently they also buy more books. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the deal. So my, my son says, well, dad, where's the books for men to understand women? And we're searching, we're searching, we're searching, we're going each row. And I, I found a book. He goes, I found a book, dad. And I go, what is it? And it goes, how to pick up chicks. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm saying this tongue in cheek. And he, and he finds the book right next to it, how to pick up hot chicks. Men are more focused on how to meet women. Women tend to be more focused on how to make the relationship work. Hmm. So men typically lack the confidence in approaching women, flirting with women, talking with women. That's where a lot of men struggle. Mm -hmm. And women are more inclined to want to read on how to make a relationship work. So here's an interesting contrast, Zach. I think Mm. you might appreciate this. So for both of you, Laura, um, is women want men to lead the relationship process, Mm. right? You want men, that's what they want. They want men to be the leaders and to be chivalrous. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Why are there so many books about commitment phobic men, emotionally unavailable men? Why would you want that demographic leading the process? Yeah. <laughs> I, tell my, I tell my clients, you're giving the job to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You're the emotional container of the relationship. You're better served at leading because of this one reason. Mm-hmm. Men tend to be better with instructions. Mm-hmm. When you tell us what you want, what makes you happy, we're more inclined to do it. Yeah. But if you're waiting for us, we're going to sadly disappoint you because most men are good guys. They're just bad daters. Yeah. It's, I, I just had a client last night and um, we're going through like their list of what's, what, where are the pain points? And he said, Laura, I am, <sighs> I'm just such a problem solver. And I said, Hey, this is great. I'm meeting with you guys today. I wasn't going to give any advice at all, but I'm about ready to solve this one problem. We're never going to have to talk about it again. Are you ready? And I've never come across that, that confident, but I've, I felt very confident in what I was about to say. Yeah. And I said, next time you're sitting with your, your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, I want for you to just ask this one question. How do you want for me to show up for you right now? Don't leave it up to chance. Just ask her, how do you want for me to show up for you right now? And if she says, I have a problem and I want you to solve it, then you get to solve the problem. Anything else that she says, I want for you to be empathetic. I want for you to listen to me. I want for you to tell me that I'm right and my sister's wrong. That's how you show up for her. And he just looked at me. He was like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Just, you know, you don't have to play games. Just ask her, let her give you instruction. Let her give you like what you said, like the checklist. Men will follow a checklist. They will just tell them what to do. And we just have to ask, right? Yeah. How do you want me to show up for you? And I want to do the inverse of that for a second, because for the ladies listening to this, a lot of times they don't know how to get their guy to listen to crucial conversations. Mm-hmm. I have a, I did a video on this called how to get guys to listen to crucial conversations. And it's simply this. You start the conversation by, honey, I need your help. Oh, like, ah. or I need your advice or I need your opinion. Okay. Because by starting with that, 
I mean, mind you, you have to catch a, you know, you don't want to do this while he's watching a football game or a sporting event, you know, it's don't like, have those anymore, so you're in good shape. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're we good. Wide open. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I, I'd like to get your advice. I'd like to get your opinion. That makes a man's radar goes up because we're problem solvers. So mm. when, in fact, when you ask for our advice or opinion or help, yeah. Allows us to step into, for lack of a better word, our masculine, our provider protector. Um, and that's how we feel respected. We yeah. feel genuinely respected when you ask our advice. Now, here's the thing. The advice you're going to be asking is, what can you help me do to make me feel good? I mean, it's going to be still for that woman. It's going to be, you're, you're kind of leaning into this is what make me feel good, but you're asking him to participate. It's yeah. more of an empowerment move than a confrontational move, which oftentimes women do is like, I need you to do this for me to be happy instead right. of, Hey, I would be really happy if this happened for us. Mm, an invitation. I like it. John Gottman tells this story at, uh, at the art and science of love, which is kind of their, the Gottman Institute's training for couples. But he says, a guy came up to him and said, um, I wish that somebody would just create the female Viagra. Because, you know, for men, it's really easy. We just take this pill and all of a sudden we're aroused. And John goes, oh, they already did. And he goes, really? What is it? And he leaned in real close and he goes, it's called listening. <laughs> so true. So, you know, it's, oh, I love this. So, okay, Jonathan, you and I, we could just share our bookshelves. He's holding up. So, Jonathan, you can't see her. He's, he's holding up these books that he has that he, um, so Eight Dates is a book that uh, the Gottmans put out last year. Uh, that was that Harville Hendricks. I didn't see. Yeah, that was Harville Hendricks getting the love you want. And then one of the best books, this relates to Zach, what just Zach just said is called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Yeah. Uh, by the I've way, always, it should have been titled Compassionate Communication. I love that you mentioned that because that's exactly anytime I recommend it to couples and I say, here's a book. I really want you to read it. It is just the foundation of the framework that we need to use in order to have great communication. It's called Nonviolent Communication. It's an awful title. And I always preface that. It's an awful title. It is just packed with great information. By the way, the, we're not sponsored by, by Sounds True, but we should be. You can also get CE credits to be able to, if you read nonviolent communication, just saying. Um, so hold on, let's go back because as we near the end of this, I want to make sure that people know where to find you. You have mentioned a YouTube channel. How do they yeah. find you on YouTube? My name is Jonathan Asley, spelled, last name is spelled A-S-L-A-Y, A-S-L-A-Y. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be here in the show notes here somewhere. Um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, which I shoot four videos a week for my channel. Wow. And men. And I will say that men watch my channel now and they're loving it because I'm all about coming at it from not it's 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 coming at it from what I call personhood and not genderhood. In other mm -hmm. words, even though I'm leaning in talking mostly to women, it's it's about coming from human behavior and not gender-based behavior. Yeah. Um, if that made sense, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. And then my my podcast, which I launched this year, is called the What Would Love Do podcast. And the idea is to explore life, love, and inner peace through the eyes of love. So I take a problem and I go, how can we look at this from the eyes of love? From what would love do? How would love respond? Awesome. And then the book that you had mentioned, which I like because my last name is in the title, um, is, uh, let me go back to it. So what the heck is self-love? And where can people find this book? Uh, it's on, it's on Amazon, um, both a Kindle and a paperback version. 
Right on. Well, gosh, thank you so much for joining us. A fun conversation. And you should just take a picture, by the way, of your bookshelf and send it to me. I'll take a picture of mine and send it to you and we can trade trade uh, self-help books that we really like. Well, I, I have to share something really quick. Yeah. In my dating app, one of my photos of the six photos in my dating app is a picture of like all the stack of books that I have, um, which includes all the ones we mentioned today. because. I, I feel like by sharing that, it gives insight into who I am, the things totally. I like. So I'm a, I will absolutely send you my bookshelf. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So hold on. Let's just close the gap on this. You're still dating, still dating. Yes. All well, right. I, don't like, I did a video called, why am I still single? Um, after my significant relationship ended, which started in 2011 and ended in 2017, I started to do, I really needed to go inward because like many people, I felt, I actually believed that if someone else loved me, I would feel good about myself. Mm. And it's taken me the last three years and losing my mother and losing my son and writing these books and doing a lot of introspective work because I did Hoffman right after my relationship ended. In fact, my ex-girlfriend gave it to me as a gift to go to Hoffman, which is a $5,000 event. So that was very, very nice of her. Um, maybe a signal or something. Well, no, no, no. Well, believe me, she had her own stuff going on in this relationship. (laughs) It wasn't a one-sided thing, Yeah. but uh, we're still very dear friends, but it's taken me the last three years to get Mm -hmm. to a place of I'm happy and with who I am as a person. And I don't believe I would be any value to any woman until I got to this point. Everything else I was a dependent type of personality. I needed someone else to love me for me to feel good. Now that I have self-love, I don't need it from someone else. So I vet for a woman who can match me where I'm at. And, you know, if, if the number one emotional health issue is this stuff, um, I'm looking for someone who can meet me where I'm at. I love it. I can see how Brene Brown's work uh, has really influenced your growth. And I and love her work. work. Me too. I got two questions for you. One is tell me about the photo over your left shoulder. Uh, That's my mom and dad. They were married uh, 66 years before my mom passed away. My mother, interestingly, my mother passed away at 88. And usually they say the man goes first. My father's still around. He's 95 years old next month. Wow. I'm like, holy cow. Like, how does someone get to that age? Yeah. Um, All right. My second question is, do you you know any good jokes? Oh, God. (laughs) They don't have to be clean either. No, I was, you know, what came to my mind is this cheesy joke I heard in a movie called 16 Candles. Um, uh, knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? Who? 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 Oh, did an owl just fly by? Oh, okay. That, yeah. 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 I give that one a C minus. Sorry, Jonathan. I give it a D. Did you, hear, did you hear about the guy who got fired from the M&M factory? No. Well, he was in quality control and he kept throwing out all the W's. Oh. <laughs> it took me a second to get that one. It was yeah, a it took me a second too. You have to visualize it. If you didn't catch it, just <laughs> then you lost it. But that was pretty good, Zach. I like that one. Um, okay, well, with that, I think we should land this plane so that Jonathan right can go on to his uh, appointment. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are great. I thank loved you. it. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. And just as a reminder to you, if you are seeking some guidance or just needing a little extra help out there, we have partnered with BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. You can go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash M-T-R to get the discount when you're working with Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, And it's BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. Thanks so much for all of your time and your energy, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.